0: Ramble.
1: My dog, Mango, has been with me through some really crazy times in life. I mean, she's been with us for the past 10 years. If you guys don't know, Mango is my little French bulldog with half hair. Okay, she's fuzzy only half the time. And she is literally the glue of my family. I have quite literally named an entire podcast and a YouTube channel from my dog, Mango. She is the reason that these channels exist. But three years ago, Mango was diagnosed with this autoimmune disease, and she was always at risk of excessive bleeding. Her fur was falling out in clumps. It was, it was a pretty stressful time in my life. I was constantly emotional about Mango being in pain, and then I would be, get so stressed out every time I started going over the vet bills. Every time we took her to the vet, it was like thousands of dollars because her condition was so difficult to treat. And I am just so thankful that we had savings to cover it. I wish I had known about Spot Pet a few years back, it would have just eased so much of that stress. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, is here to share a message today on how they are a secret weapon against the unexpected. Because with Spot Pet Insurance, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills. Our dogs are always there for us during our hardest times, and we need to be there for them too. Go to SpotPet.com today and get a quote instantly. Visit SpotPet.com. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductibles, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi. (laughs) okay i want to start this podcast with a disclaimer this one is going to be really dark i don't really do any disclaimers on any of my podcasts or videos which like should i i don't know some people recommend it some people say don't do it because then you would be disclaiming literally everything and people know what they're clicking on so it's just all over the board but this one i feel the need to put a very strong disclaimer there will be heavy talks of sexual abuse assault and mutilation there's disembowelment involved there's just a lot of emotional stories today. What's the
0: difference from other? So
1: I think the difference is that there's something so unsettling with situations like this. Today, we're talking about Mary Vincent and her assault and her survival story. But we're also talking about the Indian, um, the Delhi bus rape case of 2012. And I think the difference is, you know, when we talk so heavily about serial killers, we're like, these people were crazy since birth. They were born. Then this stuff happened to them. They started, you know, being cruel to animals. And it just seems like these serial killers. Oh, my gosh. What they do to women or men and how they torture and assault people, horrendous, right? But somehow I find myself being able to sleep at night after doing research like that, because I'm like, this dude was horrendous to everyone. Mm -hmm. But with situations like this, I think it's scary because it's not like their entire life, like most serial killers, was dedicated to doing evil shit. I think it's Mm. scary because they try to live normal lives, but they also think that what they're doing is not that bad and that these girls deserve it. So this is no longer about, hey, this person is an antisocial personality disorder with some paranoid schizophrenia with heavy sexual abuse as a child. You know, there's no psychological aspect to this other than they're just evil monsters that hide in plain society. Like Mm. there is no. oh okay so they are diagnosed with this and this is why they did this. This is the psychology behind their crimes. It's just like these people think that they can rape women just because they're men. Like, that's what we're talking about today. Wow, okay. And I'm not saying this is all cases. I know assaults happen to men as well. But these are just the two cases we're covering today. There are going to be times where I am throwing a fit because I'm so mad. And it's not because I'm taking the situation lightly. It's just because I don't want this to be the most depressing video in the world. But I do want you to know the information. Let's talk about Mary Vincent first. And this one has a good twist because, um, well, you'll see at the end. So Mary Vincent, this happens in the Bay Area of California. So I'm talking like San Francisco area. Mary Vincent, she's 15 years old super young so she's originally from las vegas and her parents were going through a divorce so she's like okay you know what fork this like i don't want my parents to get divorced i'm so sick of this so she runs away from home in las vegas and decides to go to the bay area in california because she's like i got friends there i have relatives there it's gonna be a good time so she gets to the bay area and it's not a good time like this she quickly realizes okay like i thought that i was gonna get like a cute little apartment like me and my boyfriend were gonna like set up like we're gonna get some plants together but she was really just like sleeping on some like crusty futons and like her friends weren't that nice there and her boyfriend like they got into a breakup because he was super shitty like it just was not fun at all and so slowly she's becoming more and more homesick I mean she's 15 years old she's like I miss my mom I miss my dad and so she's like I just want to go back home to Vegas I just want to go back home now what's the plan so the Bay Area is actually really really far from Vegas Um, I know a lot of people in Los Angeles drive to Vegas but I've never met anyone from San Francisco who just like casually drives to Vegas so it's a long distance she doesn't have money for a plane. She doesn't have a car. So she's like, okay, I need to come up with a plan. Not a lot of people are driving to Vegas, but a lot of people in San Francisco, they sometimes make the drive down to Los Angeles. So maybe, maybe I can hitchhike a ride to Corona, California, which is near LA. And my grandpa lives there. So once I go to my grandpa's house, maybe I can be like, grandpa, can you drive me to Vegas? Or like, grandpa, can you buy me a ticket? You know, or like, maybe like grandpa, can you talk to my mom? Cause I'm sorry. So her plan was actually pretty solid. Okay. That's what I would do. (laughs) And so she goes, goes out and she starts hitchhiking. Now I know every time we talk about hitchhikers, serial killers who like most of their victims are hitchhiking, listen, you think it's crazy now, but like just to put it in perspective, I feel like there's gonna come a time where people are gonna be like, so people back in the day used to use Uber and they would just get into like strangers' cars wow, that's crazy. No wonder there were so many serial killers back then. Like, I feel like that 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 time is going to come. And so hitchhiking was like the Uber of back in the day. So they had it all super organized. So she's on the side of the road of like the highway and she's with a group of hitchhikers. So they're all standing there. They're all strangers. They don't know each other, but this was like a gathering spot and they're all holding signs in the vague direction of where they want to go. So some people say like north, like I want to go up north and they're like, oh, my plan is to get to Washington, but I'm going to get into someone's car who's traveling north and then wherever they're done traveling they're gonna drop me off and I'm gonna keep holding up the sign right so, so that was kind of there do yeah. be
0: a system huh
1: there do be a system yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Like, it's kind of crazy. It's like Uber. <laughs> yeah. There is a system. It's like right here. Okay. And so um, they're holding up the signs. Right. And she's holding up a sign that says South. Now, a lot of the other hitchhikers, they were also holding up a sign that says South. This is really pertinent. So she's standing there holding up this sign. And that's when like an older man in a van pulls up and he stops and he smiles at Mary Vincent and he says, hey, uh, where are you going? And she's like, well, I'm I'm hoping to get to like the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow. Well, Shit, it's out of my way, but I'll take you. Get in. Now, the people that she was with immediately tried to stop her for a lot of different reasons. One being the fact that they looked in the back of his van and it was empty. Like there was nothing there. There were seats there, but um, it was just like a flat. Like there, w- they- he had nothing in the back. So why can't these hitchhikers go? But he was like, no, no, no. I can only take one person. Uh. and they're like but you have space in the back like are you picking up other things and he's like no no no. i just want to take one person and they have to be female because i don't want to get mugged you know like so he was trying to insinuate like i'm an old dude like i'm in my 50s i'm about to be in my 60s and like if i take a young dude he might rob me of my van so he said i can only take one person and they have to be female so that's when all of the people were like, Mary, I don't think you should get on this car. Like, I don't think you should get with him, especially because he's not even going to the L.A. area. So it's not even convenient for him to take you there. So like, what is this? Oh. But Mary, honestly, she was just so desperate. She was desperate. She's 15. She feels super alone, isolated. She could not handle another day just roaming around the Bay Area. Right. Mm. And she didn't want nighttime to come. So she was like, OK, like, I'm just going to trust this guy, especially because like he's in his 50s. He looks like a grandpa, like he dead ass looks like a grandpa. Mm-hmm. So his name is Lawrence Bernard Singleton, and he was a former merchant seaman in the Navy, and he's in his 50s. He's in that blue van. He picks her up, and immediately they start making their way to Los Angeles. So she realizes, holy shit, this is going to be a really long ride. But also at the same time, like like I said, Mary Vincent was exhausted. She was so tired. The girl was just been through some shit the past mm-hmm. week or two. So she immediately falls asleep, which really isn't smart, and she knew it wasn't smart, but she was that exhausted that she couldn't help it. Like, like, and especially when, if you've been on the highway, the sun's shining in through the windows, you're just, it's like you're ready to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And so when she wakes up, she realizes that they're not going south which i mean when you're looking at these highways it's pretty clear like you know that you're eastbound or westbound or like northbound like they're not headed south and the only way to get from san francisco to la is fucking south okay like you don't go all the way to the east and then go south like it's fucking south like you just straight shoot down so she's like what the heck so she turns to lawrence and she's like hey uh i think you need to turn the car around because we're not headed to los angeles
0: where are they heading to like
1: northwest northwest uh, like pretty much into the Central Valley of California where uh, there's pretty much nothing. Like it's rural farmland. Like there's no cities. There's not a lot of suburbs. It's just rural, rural, rural town. So they're headed there. And she's like, excuse you. I think you need to turn this van around, sir, gramps, because this is not the direction that we're headed. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, I my eyesight must be getting bad. It's an honest mistake. I'm an honest dude. And p- we make honest mistakes. I guess I guess I just got lost. Lost on the highway when you dozed off. And so he's like, here, here, let me find a way to turn this car around, right? So at this time, it had been night, nightfall. So the sun was setting, it was getting dark. Like I said, they're in rural, no man's land, okay? Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, let me turn this car around. Well, while I do this, do you mind if I pee? I've been holding it in for so long. I just need to pee on the side of the road. So he pulls on the side of the road that is deserted. Like there's nobody there. It's not even a major highway, right? So he gets out, he pees and he's like, hey, why don't you get out and stretch your legs? So she's like, oh shit, like I know something's happening. So Mary, like she's on edge. She's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. She's thinking in her head, I'm going to outrun this Old mother forker honestly <laughs> like okay so her definition was that he was a little bit heavy he seemed a little bit unhealthy and he was a lot older she's young she's fit she's healthy like she can freaking outrun him as so long she as she doesn't have a gun know. yeah she's like oh no right so she's like i'm gonna outrun this mother forker i'm gonna dip so she's getting out of the car that's when she notices her shoelaces are untied which is just like oh so she thinks to herself i'm just gonna play casual like i'm just gonna act like oh yeah like let me just stretch my legs and then she's gonna tie her shoelaces and And then just out of nowhere make a run for it like he won't even see it coming but the minute that she bends down to tie those shoelaces she gets bonked on the head with a sledgehammer so she blacks out now by the time that she wakes up she wakes up tied up in the back of his van she's completely naked and he starts raping her and he rapes her all through the night and into the morning So during all of this, she's crying. She's begging him to set her free. She's 15, by the way. And she's telling him, like, listen, I won't tell anyone. Just please set me free. Like, I'm not going to tell a single soul. And during her really desperate times, she even asked him, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And he just wouldn't respond. Certain times, he would fall asleep after the rapes. Because, you know, he needs to catch some Zs. I'm so mad. And so he would fall asleep. And she said, so... A lot of the story is from her point of view because uh, she survived, yeah. Mm -hmm. and she said that she couldn't escape because she was tied up so well but she just wanted to die like she had no explanation other than the feeling of when she went through that night was the worst feeling she's ever felt and all she could think was god can you please kill me now because i don't think even if i get out of this i don't even think who i'll be like i don't even know what i'll do and so the morning comes around literally the sun starts showing she was getting raped all throughout the night okay they're in the middle of nowhere there's no screaming there's no escaping right now. She kept begging him like please set me free now that it's daytime like I'm not going to tell anyone like I'm not going to tell anyone. And he pulls her out of the van out of nowhere and she's completely naked. She's bleeding down there like pretty much everywhere. So she's like blood dripping down her legs and he asks he asks her straight up, "You want to be set free? I'll set you free." And he goes into his van while she's still tied up standing there outside the van, naked in broad daylight and he pulls out a hatchet from his toolbox and he starts swinging at her at her left arm and she said that she felt like she was falling back into the grass so obviously she's trying to hold on to him because she doesn't want to fall like that's your natural instinct when you're falling onto the ground onto your back you're going to try to grab onto something right and she she starts getting confused because as she is falling she said it was like slow motion like I know I know that I'm grabbing as tight as I can on his arm but why am I still falling to the ground and he's not falling so she falls down and she looks at her left arm and from the elbow down there was just nothing just blood splurting out her arm had been severed off from the elbow down
0: what the heck what is he doing
1: So she feels all of the pain from this She said that it was burning because the blood was just so hot And it just felt like this hot oozing burn like flowing out of her arm And she just was awake she was conscious she was in excruciating pain She saw exactly what happened to her And so she's screaming right And then all of a sudden he brings the hatchet up And puts it down on her right arm Now during this she knows exactly what he's trying to do right I mean he chopped off her left arm he's gonna chop off my right arm right So she starts screaming she starts kicking him I'm hoping someone will hear this entire commotion and so because of that it actually took him a long time to chop off her right arm like he had to go multiple times with the hatchet she was not drunk she was not like out of it she just felt every little bit of it she did not fall unconscious she was awake and alive during all of this so she's kicking and screaming now she's laying there bleeding and we assume that both of her arms are chopped off right and she looks at Lawrence who's standing there and he's like flicking his arm like you know how if you've got a hand cramp after writing something you start flicking it Uh and she's like what is he doing next like what is he gonna do to me now why is he flicking his arm and she was just bleeding laying there and she looks closer and it's because her right hand was still clutched tightly onto his arm so he's trying to flick it off
0: after he chopped it off yeah what the fuck so
1: he's trying to flick off her arm right now yeah (sighs) My fiance's just shook. And so she's laying there still tied up with both of her arms bleeding and he starts dragging her into the woods and she kind of laid still. I think she just didn't know what was happening, you know, like, what is he going to do next? If I fight back, like, I think once you fight back and it becomes worse for you, your brain starts, you know, teaching yourself not to fight back because, you know, when she was kicking and stre- screaming, he had to chop off her right arm like much longer, I guess, if that makes sense. And so he's dragging her into the woods. She's in shock. She's laying still. He believes that she's dead. So just to make sure he's through Threw her off a thirty-foot cliff.
0: So this is the way of him murdering her. Yes, he later said that he body. had to
1: chop off her arms so that they couldn't get fingerprints from her body. Which, I mean, I I feel like they had dental records back in the day, and just like face ID, like your family would be like, "Oh, that's my kid." So what but is he doing with the arms? Nothing. He just wanted her hands chopped off so they wouldn't. Like, I think he threw them out somewhere else. I don't know if they ever found it. Okay. Yeah. And so he threw her off a 30-foot cliff so that she could bleed to death. Now, this cliff, I know it sounds crazy. Like, it's the 30-foot cliff jump, like, drop sounds almost nothing compared to just getting your arms chopped off. But it was really bad. It broke four of Mary's ribs. And so she gets to the bottom. She is suffering from broken ribs. She's a severe blood loss from her severed arms. And it sent her body into like just a complete shock. And her main concern was, okay, I don't know if he drove off. I don't know if he's going to come back down here and like finish me off. I don't know if this is some part of like torture. Like, I don't know. So she just kind of like laid there bleeding to death. Then she said the feeling that she kept getting was that she was so sleepy. She was so sleepy. All she wanted to do was sleep. And she was so cold, like just cold and freaking sleepy that's it like it was such an overwhelming feeling but then she kept hearing this voice in her head that was like hey you can't go to sleep you can't go to sleep and then she also felt like hey if i go to sleep and i die he's gonna do this to someone else like he's gonna rape someone and then chop off her arms and throw her off a cliff so she's like i can't let that happen Mind you, she had gotten into the car yesterday, then it became nighttime. He raped her all night, woke up in the morning. She had her arms severed, thrown down a cliff, right? Mm -hmm. So she stuck her arms into the dirt. This is so smart. I didn't even think of this. So she stuck her arms into the dirt so that it would stop the blood flow. So the dirt kind of acted like a mud so she wouldn't constantly lose blood. And she wanted to stop the bleeding. Then she crawled up the cliff without any hands, without the rest of her arms, with four broken ribs. She crawled up the cliff. By the time she reached the main road, it was nighttime again. So that was all day of her just actively bleeding out.
0: How did she not pass out? That's, That's what insane. a lot of people were
1: confused by. Like even doctors were like, "This is insane," and she was really smart. I mean, so smart for fifteen because when she started walking on the main road, she was looking for people to help her. She kept her arms above her head at all times to stop from the blood gushing out. Like I don't even uh, know if I would have thought of this, and I'm twenty fucking five, and she was fifteen. Uh-huh. But like, she just was doing like the best that she could. Listen, not all of us can be Mary Vincent, okay? She is brave. She is courageous. And sometimes I just got to do with the best with what I got. And something that I use to help me with that is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line, but it is a professional counseling that's done securely online. And I am obsessed, I tell you. If you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals or just feeling like, hey, 2021 kind of feels like an extension of 2020 and I need to stop freaking out and I need to stop feeling this way, BetterHelp can help you. BetterHelp assesses your needs and matches you to your own licensed professional therapist. They cover a broad range of expertise, which may not be locally available in some areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. So if you guys travel for work, if you guys are living out of the country right now and you're like, wait, I have been needing to talk to a counselor right now and none of the ones in my area speak English, this is perfect for you. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor and you get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can also schedule weekly videos and phone sessions now what's even better is that sometimes i get some social anxiety and i don't like talking to someone face to face and telling them and like crying and like telling them my problems and even just like the aspect of waiting in a traditional waiting room for therapy drives me a little nervous they're also committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches which i love because you know i think most counselors are great but sometimes you just find the one that matches with you and it's like magic it's easy and free to change counselors if needed it's also more affordable than traditional office counseling and financial aid is available but if you guys don't want to take it from me don't worry you can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted on a daily basis visit betterhelp.com rotten that's better h-e-l-p and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional again that's betterhelp.com slash rotten to get 10 percent off your first month So she starts, you know, trying to look for a main road. Because like I said, this is like a deserted off-road. The cliff where he stayed that night in the van with her. It was off the side of the side road. Like it wasn't off like a highway, right? Very deserted area. So she starts hearing and she hears like the distant sound of cars. So she's like, okay, there's got to be a freeway somewhere, which means there has to be people somewhere. So she walked for three miles until daylight hit again. So she pretty much just like walked all night. Now, three miles until daylight sounds like a really slow pace. But mind you, she has four broken ribs. She was just assaulted For, I don't know, God knows how many hours, her arms are chopped off. Like she, it's a really intense walk. Like she is inching forward, right? she's naked too, right? She's completely naked and she was covered in blood. So the first car that she sees is a red convertible with their top down. And there's two dudes in it. So she's screaming for them to stop. She's screaming, help me, help me. And they see her and they pedal to the metal. They dip out of there. She says, listen, I understand. I have no hands. I'm covered head to toe in blood. I'm naked. It looks like a scene from a horror movie. So they drove away. All she could think was, oh my God, I'm going to die out here. Like no one is going to stop me, for me. Everyone's too afraid to even talk to me, get close to me. Like I'm just going to die while I'm walking. And thankfully, the second car that she passes is a honeymoon couple. And they were kind of lost. They were in their like old truck and they were super, super lost. So they were just like doing turns everywhere. They're like, where are we? Like we're on our honeymoon and we're so confused. They see her. They immediately stop. They help her into the back of the truck and they tell her to lay still. We're going to get you help. We're going to get you help. And she said it was the oldest truck that she had ever been in. But the couple booked it like she could hear like pedal to the metal, like the rubber screeching like they were booking it. But they're they lost. To, yeah they get to a local phone right so they get to the closest phone that they can see they immediately call the paramedics and a rescue helicopter flew down to get married straight to the hospital which like i mean crazy honeymoon right but also like i mean that kind of like solidifies hey this is the one for me like if i was in the car with you and you didn't stop for this i'd be like what the fork Mm -hmm. yeah so she gets to the hospital she had lost over half of the blood in her body the blood in her body that she had remaining got to a very toxic level and all of the doctors were really confused how she was alive. So she's alive. Not only is she alive, but she's in her hospital bed giving the exact accurate description of Lawrence Singleton to all of the police officers. In fact, this just detailed of his face, everything. The description that she gave to the police was so freaking accurate that once the police released a composite sketch of the man that was Lawrence Singleton, Lawrence's neighbor almost immediately called in and was like, that's my neighbor, Lawrence what yeah like it was that accurate it wasn't even like oh that kind of looks like my neighbor but it also looks like everyone else because sometimes composite sketches literally look like everyone of that race like if it's like an asian girl it's like Oh God That's like literally Every every Asian girl I know Like why do they make it Look like that You know yeah. and, But this one I mean sh- Her details Were insane So wow. it looked Just like him To the point where All the neighbors were like Nope Without a shadow of doubt It is him So they called in And they bring in Lauren Singleton To be questioned By the police And Lori- Lauren said That Mary was a $10 whore She's not a hitchhiker She had um said That she would have Sex with me for $10 So that's why If you see my DNA All up in her It's because I paid her $10 Because she's a $10 whore so
0: why police, is he acting like he's there, yeah. he hasn't done anything wrong? oh
1: yeah and so the police are like well why is she, was she found like this like if she was just a prostitute why didn't you just pay her and you guys would both be you know not in the hospital right now not dealing with police like what's going on and he said well at the time there were two other prostitutes in the van two other ten dollar whores in the van and um my guy friend was also there and i'm not the one that chopped off mary's you know arms that was my guy friend he severed the arms yeah uh-huh i fell asleep in the van and my guy friend decided to torture mary and i don't know why who's your friend he's like uh some guy named larry Like, it was just a really dumb, like, super dumb. Like, the police were just like, no, okay, no. So they arrest him, and they charge him with the mutilation, kidnapping, and the assault of Mary Vincent. So the next time Mary would see Lauren Singleton is in court. So she was still a teenager. She was scared. I mean, he was only 10 feet away from her when she was on the witness stand. She now had prosthetic arms. And after she testifies, she walks by him, and he whispers to her if it's the last." Last thing I'll do, I'll finish the job.
0: What the fuck is wrong with yeah. this dude?
1: Yeah. So obviously, because of all of this, because of Mary Vincent's strong testimony, because of all of the evidence, he was convicted of kidnapping, rape, mayhem, which is another word for mutilation, attempted murder, sex crimes. And combining all of this, combining kidnapping, rape, mayhem, attempted murder, sex crimes, the combined maximum legal time that he could get in the state of California at that time was 14 years. 14 years for all of that. For raping her all night, chopping off her arms, throwing her off a cliff, and driving away was 14 years. 14 years. What? Yeah. I've seen people how? do more time for having drug possession. Okay. Like don't this is insane. Understand. That was the maximum legal time in California at the time. The judge literally said, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. But I do not. So that was the judge can't make a decision. That was it. That was California law. That's just how much time he was allowed to have. 14 years and you would think, okay, fine. 14 years with this dude gone, he's in his fifties. He's going to come out like in his 60 somethings, you know, almost close to seventies, right? You're thinking, okay, fine. California, that's a shitty ass law, but whatever. We'll work with what we have. But he was paroled after serving only eight years. He got out six years early. Yeah, he got reduced time for good behavior and working as a teaching assistant in a prison classroom, which like, first of all, how do you have good behavior in prison when you literally just tried to kill someone in the most brutal way possible? Like you can't make that up by like cleaning toilets in prison. Like you're not going to suddenly be a good person and have good behavior.
0: And this is his first and only time? That doesn't make sense.
1: That's what people are saying. Like, maybe he got away with it for so long because no one commits a crime like that. Not even serial yeah. killers are like, hey, that's my first crime. What should I do? Yeah. Like, it's, and later he gets free and murders another woman. So he gets paroled after eight years in prison, right? Now, people were so pissed about like, how could this happen, right? And at the time, there was a quiet law that was passed in California that allowed this to happen. And that law was all of these California prisons were like, what do we do? We've got overpopulation in our prisons. So let's pass a law without letting the public know. Like, we're just going to do this as quietly as possible. And a day gets shaved off your sentence every day that you work in jail. So if you work one day in jail as like a prison classroom or like a prison assistant or like a teaching assistant or like cleaning the toilets a day gets shaved off your sentence.
0: That's fucking crazy.
1: And people were really mad about this cause they were like, Really? Why don't you just like release all the people that you put in jail because of their race? Because they had a little bit of weed at the time, like because when weed wasn't legal, you know, like, why don't you release those people first? Like these nonviolent sex offenders, like these people who literally just had a little bit of weed in their car and you're like uh, ah, jail for 20 years. Bitch. Like, why don't you release those people first if you're so overpopulated? Like people were so confused. Everyone in California was like, holy forking shit. Like, why did this law get passed? Like, this is the dumbest thing we've ever heard. And so finally, he gets paroled. So one year of his parole, he has to stay in a city where the police know where he is at all times. They have to have his address just one year. They have to have his address. They have to have everything about him. They have to know his movements. He has to check in with a parole officer. And so now they're picking a town that he's going to live in. Mm -hmm. So first, they're like, okay, you can live anywhere in Contra Costa County, California, which is like this big county with a bunch of different towns. Now, the mayor, the mayor was just so outraged. He protested this. He got a bunch of his citizens to protest. He got a bunch of like board of supervisors of this entire town to protest. There was just so much public outrage that finally the parole officers are like, we can't put him there. Like we got to pick a different place because they're not going to let him live here. Like they're going to freaking kill him. OK, so um, that's where they're like, OK, what about Tampa, Florida? So he grew up in Tampa, Florida, Lauren Singleton, and he had a lot of relatives there. So why don't we just take him back to Tampa, florida and we can have tampa florida parole officers watch over him for the next year now, when they tried to place him in Tampa, Florida, the Guardian Angels led major protests in Florida. So the Guardian Angels started as a nonprofit international volunteer organization. It was founded in New York City by a man by the name of Curtis Sliwa. And every time I hear his name, I just think Jojo Siwa. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Sliwa Siwa. Jojo Siwa started it. I'm kidding, <laughs> okay. So it, it's in 130 different cities, 13 countries worldwide. And back in the day, like in the 80s, they were like a vigilante. Justice group. Um, during the brief beginning, people love them. Most civilians love them, and then, of course, with most groups like this, it got a little bit gray area towards the end. Like towards the end, they were just doing too much, you know, and they were getting a little bit too feisty, or maybe they had some internal problems. That's what I heard. I didn't do extensive research on this, but that's just what I heard. Um, I do know that they're still active, though. Even during the Black Lives Matter protests, they were protecting demonstrators and trying to prevent individual looters and rioters from bringing down the whole, you know, protest. Yeah, so they try to keep the community safe without involving police or politicians. They're kind of like a like an intense neighborhood watch group, honestly. Like, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So they started organizing all of these protests in Florida. And finally, they were rejected by Florida. They were like, no, we're not We're not going to have him. Like, you can keep him in California. He offended in California. Keep your ass in California. We don't want him. Like, why are you trying to get him to Florida? And so they, which is crazy. If you get rejected by Florida, you're really doing something wrong. Like, Florida really takes a lot of people And they're like hey come on come to our state come on we're fine but like they were like not this one not this motherfucker so they tried to release him again in a different area of contra costas county california and that's when the county board of supervisors and city council members they got a restraining order as a city they were like this entire city is getting a restraining order against lawrence singleton so that he is not allowed anywhere inside our county
0: So this was a big deal, huh?
1: Yeah. Oh, God. The public was disgusted. The public was not only, I mean, it was causing a lot of political issues at the time, too, because it's like, hey, uh, why are you releasing him? But not all of these other people. But also now that you're releasing him, you're like, hey, just send him to your nice little town. Like, why? Yeah. No, you guys keep him. You know, what are you talking about? Keep him in jail. We don't want him. We don't agree with the law that you just passed that shaves off days of prison sentences, especially if they're violent sex offenders. Mm-hmm. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. And so they were like, OK, why don't we just send him to San Francisco? Major city. They're probably a little bit more lax. You know, they're probably a little bit like, oh, yeah, we'll take anyone. Right. But San Francisco won a restraining order barring him from the city of San Francisco. They were like, you can't come into San Francisco, motherfucker. We don't want you either which is just crazy. So then he was secretly being held in a town called Rodeo City, um, which is also somewhere in the north. And reporters find out that he's being held in this hotel. So they swarmed the place. I'm talking like 500 protesters surround the hotel. He had to be guarded out of the hotel in a bulletproof vest because they were scared that the protesters would rip him apart.
0: What the fuck? I don't get it. So
1: he was escorted out of the town by the sheriff's department. And what's even crazier is that Lauren Singleton, during all of this time, he had no remorse or guilt. He believed in his mind that Mary Vincent was a $10 whore. And why should he spend time in jail for a $10 whore? He was like upset. He was like, I can't believe I did eight years time for a $10 whore.
0: Wait, how do you get out parole when you?
1: Yeah, because good behavior in the law where every day he works, shaves off a day yeah so he was like why why am i spending time when she's a horse she deserved it he believed that his actions did not warrant punishment at all so finally the governor of california had to step in and say okay fine put a trailer on the grounds of san quentin which is state prison and he's just gonna live in the trailer as a free man on parole but like on the prison grounds Mm. so like he's not gonna because you know that was owned the ground was owned by the state of California so now no town can really say no
0: mm. Wow. so for
1: a year he lived there and then afterwards he's free he can go wherever he want any state any city he can live anywhere mm-hmm. anywhere right and the people were protesting so he went back to Florida and started living in Tampa because that's where he's originally from and there were so many protests in Tampa so there were pro- people protesting on the streets a car dealer offered him $5,000 to get the fuck out of California and never come back or Florida. Sorry. So he was like, here's $5,000. Get your ass out of Florida. And he was like, no, I'm going to stay here. Um, there was a homemade bomb that was even detonated near his house. Like he wasn't hurt. Unfortunately, Can I say that? (laughs) Yeah. So he unfortunately he wasn't hurt. And fortunately, nobody else got hurt. But there was a homemade bomb detonated near his house. And he was arrested for theft two times in the same year. So the first time he served 60 days for stealing a $10 disposable camera, which very much scares me. Very much scares me. Listen, I don't like it when creepy ass dudes buy disposable cameras. I'm like, that is Mm. some serial killer shit. That's some shit I don't want to know about. I do not want to see this. Okay. And then afterwards, he got a two-year prison term for stealing a $3 hat. And so he got three years. He gets released. And five years after that release, a neighbor calls the police. 911. Very frantic. Says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I see my neighbor. I see my neighbor attacking a woman inside of his house. Please help. Please help. His name is Lawrence. I see a man attacking a woman through the window of his house. The police immediately, they book it. They arrive at the scene and they find a woman by the name of Roxanne Hayes. She was a mother of three. She was a single mom. And she was working as a prostitute at the time to support her children. Right? Mm -hmm. And she was stabbed multiple times in the upper body, including the face, the chest, the head, everywhere, her skull. And she died. Now, when Lawrence opened the door to let the police in, his shirt was open and there was blood all over his chest. So, I mean. How
0: old is him then?
1: Like 60s. I know it's kind of crazy, so at this point, obviously he's going to try to play the defense of like I'm just a gram, so I didn't know what I was doing, maybe I have dementia, maybe I have Alzheimer's, you know, so that's when Mary traveled from Tampa to test travel to Tampa to testify at the sentencing, Mary Vincent, and she told the judge of Tampa, you know, of this murder case, listen, my life has been turned upside down. After he was sentenced to prison, I tried to get my life together. You know, I started going to art school. I started trying to, you know, get a degree and find my passion. And then when he got paroled, every night, every day, all I could hear were his words that he whispered to me. If it's the last thing I'll do, I'll finish the job. And she said she just started falling apart. Like she couldn't couldn't focus on anything. She couldn't get her life together. She couldn't hold down a job. Like it ruined her life. Not only that, I mean, she had prosthetic arms. Like this completely ruined her life, you know. And she's telling the judge this. Like, please, you have to do something this time because he's not just a confused old man. He's going to hurt people and he's going to keep hurting people. And so the judge ordered him to death. So they gave him the death sentence because, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with it for once, which is crazy. And he died of 2001 of cancer in prison. So he wasn't what? even. Yeah, he didn't even get executed. I don't know why that just like bothers me and a lot of other people. I'm not the only one. For some reason, a lot of people get bothered by people on death row who die of natural causes and not get executed, especially yeah. when they're just so evil. Yeah. And um, it, like his last statement to the judge during this murder trial was, I'm sorry about the death in this case. I'll have to carry it on my conscience for the rest of my life. Which, you know, is going to be hard. But I never mutilated Mary Vincent. So again, he's like playing the whole victim card of like, you know, I'm sorry that someone died, but like, you know who has to carry it on their conscience? Oh my God, me. Like, you know who has to think about it every day? Oh, uh, Me. And everyone's There's no just like,
0: freaking way that this is his first two times.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone's no saying. Way. Like, even Mary Vincent's case, it's just so brutal that you do not commit your first crime like that. Yeah. And the reason that he did it wasn't even because like, like he was taken over by something like he yeah. was hallucinating. He straight up was like, oh, I was trying to prevent fingerprints. So I got to chop off her arms while she's alive. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Let me tell you something that does make sense really quick because I almost wanted to like do a TikTok on this because people are like, ooh, things to like get your significant other that's like different and unique and like everyone's trying to have like the most unique gift. Let me tell you about Love Book Online, okay? Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Love is in the air. Maybe not in this house, but maybe in your house. I'm kidding. (laughs) So Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and I'm going to tell you about Lovebook. It's a personalized gift that helps you express your feelings that might be difficult to say out loud. So what you can do is you go to lovebookonline.com and you literally just customize a book with your own unique love story in it. So whether you are gifting that to your mom, your significant other, your husband, your wife, your sister, whoever it may be, you can personalize all of the different pages, and it is just such a cute gift and I think it's one of those gifts that's like what do you get for someone during a year like this like what do you get for someone who has all of these other things and this is the gift you can even create these really cute characters that look just like you or the recipient with all of these features that make them unique now I know that all the lazy people checked out they were like ah this is not the one for me like this is not me right but let me tell you something while you do have the option to personalize each page as much as you like with their express option you can create a complete book in just a few minutes so if you're like listen I got 25 boyfriends and Valentine's Day is just around the corner this is the best way to do it and all of them will be like you care this much about me? <laughs> <laughs> so they are the perfect gift for any occasion, but especially anniversaries, birthdays, and of course Valentine's Day. So make sure to visit lovebookonline.com slash rotten to receive a special 20% discount only for you guys. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash rotten. So obviously, after this one, there was so much outrage and legislation. So California passed a singleton bill, which prevents the early release in offenders who have committed a crime where torture is used. And now the maximum punishment is 25 years to life. So now they're saying, listen, if you torture someone, it's not going to be 14 years. Okay, that's not going to be your max sentence. You could be in prison for the rest of your life, which is kind of crazy that it took them this long to think about that. Like imagine, imagine Mm -hmm. someone murder someone by like, I don't know, self-defense accident what have you there's so many other reasons but like straight up torture like torture is torture like you knew exactly what you were doing mm-hmm. like it's just you do it with intent mary also won a civil lawsuit which awarded her 2.56 million dollars against um lauren singleton however she was unable to collect even a little bit because he was unemployed he was in poor health he was old and he only had 200 in his savings account She was only awarded, I think, like $6,000 from the California Victim Fund, like barely anything, especially when you think about it with having to live your life like that. Now, it's going to be a lot harder to make money, you know? Yeah. So like the fact that they were just like, here's a little bit of cash. Bye. Like what? So Mary Vincent, though, she is a survivor. She's freaking strong. (laughs) She ended up becoming an artist And she got married. She moved to Orange County. She now has two sons. She started the Mary Vincent Foundation to help victims of traumatic crimes. And she said that when Lauren Singleton died, she didn't feel any relief. She didn't feel good because her question was still, there are people like that out there. Like she didn't know evil people like that really existed outside of the movies. But now that she knows... What's the odds that it's just one dude? Yeah. It's a lot of people out there like that. But she said the only happiness that she got from his death was her two sons were so relieved for her. Mm. And so seeing her sons like kind of get this weight off of their shoulder. Mm. So sad. I know I'm about to tear up. She said that was the only relief that she got when he died. Okay. Now. I thought I would do that one because it was like, oh, yay, someone survived, someone's alive, you know, a life hasn't been lost story, but that was just overall dark. Now we're getting into, we're getting into the case of the Delhi bus rape incident in 2012. This one has been highly requested on my YouTube channel and on this podcast, and I just, Every time I get into it, I just like fall apart and I'm like, I can't do this. It's like too much. And then I try doing it again because I'm like, listen, people want to hear the story. And I think it's good to get this story out there. But every time I just fall apart. So I recently did some extensive research on it. I also watched a very good documentary called India's Daughter on it, which was just so moving. The victim's parents were actually heavily involved in it. So I wanted to hear what they had to say about everything. But I guess let's just jump right in. So December 16th of 2012. And I just want to reiterate 2012. Like it's, that's so recent. So 8.30 PM, a 23 year old medical student on her way home from the movies, she had just watched Life of Pi with a male friend. They get onto a bus. Now they boarded a private bus because it claimed to be going in the direction of their house. Right? So that's where all of this takes place. And in order to understand this, we have to talk about Jody. So Jody is J-Y-O-T-I, if I'm not mistaken. And... So India has a law where you don't release the names of sexual assault victims, like rape victims. And a lot of it, you know, you would think, oh, that's good because it's up to the victim to release it. But sometimes it has to do with the the fact that there was such intense shame culture, like being Mm. raped was shameful. So a lot of people didn't want their name released, not because they're like, hey, I want privacy from the press. It was because people would shame you for being raped.
0: I see. Yeah.
1: So they had that law, but her parents decided in the documentary that they were like, why? She didn't do anything wrong. She is a light to this world. So we're going to call her by her name. So prior to this documentary and prior to the parents releasing her name, she was called by nicknames. A lot of them stood for like fearless, courage, you know, Mm because she fought back. Okay. like she was courageous so jody was always a really cute curious that's I'm her sorry. actual name yes you're saying. Okay. if i pronounce it wrong i'm so sorry so she was a really cute curious happy kid um she was really just really curious so like her parents remember that she would crawl over in the middle of the night and like you know how they're sleeping she would lift their eyelids up and be like mommy mommy and they'd be like what jody like it's nighttime and she'd be like why is the moon out and they're like what um To provide light? Like, she just wanted to know how everything worked, right? And in India, the parents even said that families celebrate a lot when a boy is born. And it's kind of like this in Korean culture and a lot of cultures. I I wonder if it's, like, that deep-rooted in America. I'm not sure. But I know in Korean culture, everyone wants a boy, too. Yeah. Even to this day, like 2020. And people are like, oh, is it a boy? Mm Mm-hmm which is really odd. My family specifically only wants girls. Like my sister was like, if I get a boy, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So it's just, it's, it's, very cultural so in india families celebrate when a boy is born but when when a girl's born they don't really celebrate like they talk about it they're like oh yeah we just had a girl but it's not necessarily like the most exciting thing in the world but when jody was born her parents had really modernized thinking so they passed out sweets to everyone which is tradition for when you have a boy you go and you pass out all of these foods to your neighbors Mm -hmm. and everyone's response was you're celebrating as if it's a boy And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, it really doesn't matter. Like, I'm happy if my kid is a girl or if my kid is a boy. I don't think that that matters. And so ever since Jodi was young, she wanted to be a doctor, but they really didn't have any of the money. Like, how are they gonna put her through schooling? Like, this was just a huge worry for the the parents. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that really made them feel like they had to do the next step was, how can my son be educated and all my daughter is crying about, and she's only happy when she's learning something? How can I say no? How can I be happy my son is happy but my daughter isn't so Mm -hmm. they were like okay we gotta do this um we gotta sell our ancestral land so they had land that was passed down from ancestors to ancestors and now it was finally in their possession and a lot of it was saved up so that whenever jody gets married they would sell it and they would use that money for her wedding right because that's very cultural very traditional and she told her dad dad whatever money you've saved up for my wedding Please just use that money to get me educated.
0: That's I mean, all I that want. That to me is, I mean, you know. We're that, like, that, we want to keep like that. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's how yeah. like, you would think a lot of more normal people would think today. Yeah. But that's so sad because in certain parts of the world, that's how pe- people will sell their homes yeah. or land for a wedding versus, Yeah. you know, like education, like that's a better future and stuff. It's just so crazy. It's crazy. Yeah
1: and then like always this makes me feel so shitty because I'm like I really am not grateful for what I have and yeah. growing up here oh, like yeah. what the fork like I used to complain about going to school and then like reading this story I'm like oh my god I'm gonna cry like what is wrong with me and so she was like please just use that money to get me educated that's all I want so the way that everyone describes this family is that they were a very traditional family in the sense that they were really big on having morals you know ethics you know all of these things but they had a very modern thinking especially compared to all of their neighbors and so they sold that ancestral land to pay for her fees and getting a tutor now all of Jody's mom's brothers like the people who the land was passed down through they were so fucking mad and their first question to Jody's mom was why are you selling it for a girl like not even like you're like what do you need help like do you want money but it was why are you doing all of this for a girl Mm. which is just like, what? So even Jodi and her parents, they believe that there's problems with mentality and gender roles in India. So they were saying that obviously if certain views are created since birth and you're told this or that about genders, then it's going to carry on. So they were saying it's so small, like such small things. When you're young in India, and let's say you come from an incredibly traditional family who doesn't have modernized thinking, the parents will always let the boy's son eat first and give them a full glass of milk, whereas the daughter will get half the milk because the boys need the energy. The boys will run out, go to school, and the girls are left to cook. Yeah. so it's like even if you don't teach the boys hey you guys are equal or like even if you don't teach the boys you're better than girls it's like a message that you're sending to your kids every single day that I value males more than females and even the females when they grow up a lot of the times they will think that abuse is okay because they're like I am lesser than my husband which is crazy and I saw a lot of redditors talking about it and they were saying you know it sounds crazy to a lot of Americans but it's not because think about it. last time you had a family gathering let's say christmas thanksgiving who offered to help pack up the rest of the food in tupperware who helped with the dishes and what were the boy teenagers doing so they were saying it's kind of like in every culture like you can't just say it's like oh in like asia or like you know in all these other places that's the culture So it's like pretty much everywhere
0: Yeah, but India and certain Yeah, I mean it's worse But it's
1: just, you know, food for thought It is kind of everywhere Which also made me think I'm like, wow, that does happen in my family too I'm like, what? <laughs> so um she ends up going to medical college, right? And her dad was working at a labor as a laborer at the airport. And Jody, she was working part-time to pay for staying at a hostel in the part of the area where she was going to medical school. Her English was really good compared to a lot of people because she was really, really into studying. So she worked night shifts at an international call center. Now here's what's crazy. She would work from eight PM to four AM, go home, sleep for three hours, then go to classes. And her tutor even asked her, how can you handle all of this? And Jody says, I have to and I can. Which is just crazy. Okay. So she would just sleep three to four hours on average. She just had a lot of big dreams and it wasn't even like big crazy dreams. It was like she wants to become a doctor and she wants to build a hospital in her ancestral village because they had no hospitals. They had no medical care inside that village. So you would have to spend a ton of money to travel outside your village to get medical care, which is just like by that time, time is sensitive when you're in a medical emergency, but also money like traveling out of the village to get care at an expensive hospital is just crazy crazy so she wasn't even like oh i'm gonna be the best doctor ever and like go on like 90 day fiance like it was just i want to help people
0: but what an amazing story it would be like they (sighs) sold the land from that village to pay for the school and now he came she came back and built a hospital to help everyone in the village that would be like you know
1: she was kind of unstoppable her life motto all of her friends says was a girl can do anything so like if people were like oh why are you doing this jody she'd just be like a girl can do anything Because, you know, it was very common for people to ask her, like, why are you doing all of this? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, shouldn't you be looking for a husband years old now? And she was like, a girl can do anything. So she's really smart. So just to give you an example, one time she was at a market with her friends, right? Mm -hmm. And a 10-year-old boy snatches her purse. He steals the purse and runs away. Now, a police officer at the market, he sees this and he hunts that little boy down and he starts beating the 10-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. And so Jody runs over because that boy's got her purse. And she's like, stop, stop. So she stops the police officer from punching the boy and Mm -hmm. she tells the police the child is going to learn nothing from what you're doing right now. So she's Mm -hmm. like, go the fuck away. Like, I'll handle it. So she kneels down and she starts talking to the little boy and she's like, why did you steal my purse? Mm -hmm. He says, I just want shoes and maybe like a hamburger. Like, I want to have clothes like you guys. So he was, like, barefoot, and he just really needed money, right? So she bought him everything that he wanted and made him promise that he's never going to steal people's purses again, and he promised. And she's, she just feels like this is how he's going to learn to be a good person, not by beating him up. Damn. She was way above her time. She was too good for all of us. Honestly, I don't know what to say. I'm getting emotional. Now, in every town, there are... The people, the visionaries like Jody, the people that are doing good for the community. And then there's the fucking scum of the scum of the scum of Earth, okay? So we're gonna briefly talk about those scums. So there was a bus driver. Um, I forget his name. Honestly, it's not important because who the fuck cares about him? And there was a guy by the name of Ram Singh, who's his brother. So they're siblings. One of them drives a bus and it's a private bus. So they would charge people a fee to get on the bus and they would take them to their destination. So it wasn't like um, like a metro bus. It's not run by the government. It's not run by the city. But it's not necessarily a Greyhound where you have to get tickets in advance. Think of like a taxi, but a bus situation, right? Mm-hmm. And so Ram is his brother and he is described to be someone who is capable of anything, but not in the way Jody in the way that he's abusive and he likes to fight and drink and he's capable of breaking all human moral limits like that's how he's described as when he's capable of anything and then there's a guy by the name of Vinay Sharma who is always fighting Um, people say that there's really nothing good to say about him he would volunteer at a gym and he fights a lot one time he beat up a guy so bad that the guy had internal injuries And he would take steroids and injections so that he could be stronger. He was, Vinay was known for chasing after girls to harass them. Like he would just chase after random girls on the street to try to like sleep with them. And they would have to literally like throw things at him so that he wouldn't, I don't know, rape them. Like he was evil. And then there's a guy by the name of Pawan Gupta who owned like a fruit stand. And he really liked to fight too. So yeah, they all like to fight. And then obviously, Are they all
0: friends or- And
1: then Akshay Thakur, he helped out around on the bus of the brothers and he would clean the bus. He would wake up the driver and the brother. He would make some tea. He would bring them milk. Um, He has a wife and kids. Yeah.
0: Wait, so this is a whole game of, Friends. Yeah, they're all
1: friends. Like they hang, they live and in they the same. They run, yeah.
0: run the bus business. Together? Yeah, but
1: it's not really a bus business because um, that's kind of what they bought the bus with the intention to do. But what they would actually do is act like they don't know each other on the bus, and they would like steal people's wallets when they get on the bus. Oh
0: my god! So it
1: was more of like a whole ass scam. Like it was not really um, like a oh let's start like a LLC. It was like no, let's con people. And then there is a guy by the name of Mohammed who is considered the juvenile in this case. So most of the case until the trial happened he was just considered like called the juvenile he was 17 years old when this took place and he's disgusting he's evil and he's free right now so um, yeah so his case is tried separately from the adults later on but he would just clean the bus he would make a little bit of money and he was really sharp at tricking people onto the bus because he looked young he looked really nice he didn't yeah. look like this old creepy ass dude who's like oh no I'm not getting on a bus with that guy like he's 17 like how yeah. scary could that be so all of them are friends they live in the same village and they're always hanging out on the bus together now to give you some some feelings some vibe about these people the driver of the bus was interviewed for the documentary called india's daughter which is just such a crazy one right and this is what he had to say about rape you can't clap with one hand it takes two to clap a decent girl won't roam around at nine nine o'clock at night a girl is far more responsible for rape than a boy and he also said boys and girls are not created equal housework and housekeeping is for girls not roaming at the bars or the discos at night doing wrong things wearing wrong clothes only about 20 percent of girls are good
0: does he have people agreeing with him
1: yeah i mean you have a lot of men who are like uh that does not represent us and he's scum and we would actually like to kill him if we can and then you have a lot of men are like yeah pretty much and a lot of them were interviewed for the documentary too. And I was just shook that this took place in 2012. Cause I'm like, this feels like some fucking 1800s type shit, you know? You mean like a
0: lot of, man, that's not part of the crime?
1: Yeah, like attorneys and Agreed? stuff. Agrees? Yeah. Oh, God, you're going to get so mad. You're going to get increasingly mad. That's not the only quotes that I have from these scum-ass criminals, okay? So on the day of the incident, December 16th of 2012, they're all hanging out, okay? They're all gathered. They're all eating together. They're drinking. And they had drinking a lot, particularly like a whole bottle of like hard liquor, I believe. And they're like, let's go party. So Ram, the driver's brother, he's like, well, we've got money. Let's go on GB Road and have some fun. So it seems like GB Road, they, it was described as a place where just a lot of craziness happened at night. I think there's like discos, there's bars, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. So maybe it's a little sketchy or whatnot. So they're like, let's go there and let's just have some fun. Just drive around and see what we can do. Now at this weekend, this particular weekend, Jodi had finished her finals. So she comes home for the weekend and she was for the first time in a really long time, just like relaxed. Okay. She wasn't doing her part-time job this weekend. She was starting an internship the next day on the 17th. So this was her, like her last night, Sunday night, just to relax. With her family, and her parents were so happy. So Jodi said, Listen, mom, dad, you don't have to worry anymore. Your little girl is going to be a doctor. Now everything's going to be fine, and I'm going to take care of you. So she would have to do her internship for the next six months, and then she would be a practicing doctor bringing in money. So, they were so close to the finish line. They were so close. Like, all of their troubles, all of their sorrows were about to end. And she was like, Mom, Dad, you don't have to worry anymore. I got you. Like, just wait. Just give me six months and I'm going to start paying for shit. Like, it's going to be amazing. Like, I'm going to be a doctor. And the mom, even in the documentary, she said, Maybe God didn't like that because he ended it all there. And so, because she starts her internship tomorrow, she's like, Hey, mom. Can I go see a film? Like, I really want to go see a movie because once the internt- internship starts, like, I'm gonna have no life, and then immediately after, like, I'm gonna have no life because I'm gonna be a full on doctor, and I'm gonna love it. But I just maybe I can just go watch one movie, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Yeah, just be careful." And so she goes out with her male friend, which really I don't even know why that's pertinent to the story, but I guess it is. It's a male friend. It, in some reports, he's described as a boyfriend because in a lot of Western cultures, it's okay to have a boyfriend when you're 23. But in a lot of reports, he was just named as like an unknown male friend, which I don't know what's shadier. Like, why? Why does it matter? But it apparently mattered at the time. We'll get into it. So her friend wanted to see like this crazy action movie, but she really wanted to see Life of Pi because it had just been released. So they watched Life of Pi and around like 8, 8.30 p.m., they're walking home do you be a cat lover I just need to know so I love cats I think they're so cute they do make me a little bit sneezy but I will withstand all of that and I will be around cats now here's one thing that I don't love about cats and I witnessed this because I went over to a friend's house while they were cleaning their litter box and I was like that's a lot I thought dogs were a lot of care because people are like cats are so easy you don't have to do anything for a cat and I saw them change that litter box and I was like that doesn't seem easy if you guys are a proud cat person let me tell you about kitty poo club this takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership. So you can get back to just like loving your furry friend instead of cleaning up all of its litter. This is how Kitty Poo Club works. It's an all-in-one litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. So every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. So the boxes are leak-proof, they're eco-friendly, and they have a fun design for every single season. So when the month is up, you just recycle the box. You don't have to like go shove your head in there and dig out the litter and then replace it With new litter you just recycle the box and everything inside of it because it's recyclable and kitty poo club will automatically deliver a new one to you no changing used litter and no more wiping down your litter box you can customize your order based on how many cats you have so you're like i've got 20 cats need it more frequent. They can do that. You can customize what type of litter you prefer. And Kitty Poo Club has a no risk guarantee. So you're like, hey, listen, maybe I want to customize it a little bit different this month, or maybe I want to cancel. You can do that at any time. Give yourself the gift that keeps giving the whole year, literally a Kitty Poo Club subscription. Right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you guys 20% off your first order when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com and entering promo code rotten. Just go to kittypooclub.com And enter promo code ROTTEN to get 20% off when you set up auto ship. That's kittypooclub.com. And don't forget to enter promo code ROTTEN at checkout. Also, this is like an amazing gift for like a cat friend. True. A bunch of taxis have like turned them away. I don't know if they weren't heading in that direction or for whatever reason, they couldn't really jump onto a taxi. So they get this bus stops and it's like, hey, where are you guys going? And they tell them the direction in which they're headed and they say, ah, that's exactly where we're going. So why don't you guys hop onto the bus? This is the fair. So they hop onto the bus filled with those scum of the earth people that I just described. The 17 year old was like, oh, perfect. That's exactly where we're headed. So they get onto that bus.
0: Um, how many people?
1: Six dudes, including the driver. Now it would be seven Because of Jody's friend But I don't want to group him With these people And so, there's
0: nobody else Yeah
1: nobody else So it's the five guys In the back And then the driver And they all know each other But I don't even know If they knew That they knew each other When they got uh. onto the bus And so technically Total you have seven men On the bus One female But the, the guy was with Jody So mm-hmm. we're just going to say Six dudes on the bus And at this point They start kind of Like harassing Harassing the couple So the first thing Was that the friend Was like hey um, The bus is out Actually, not going in the direction that you guys said it was going into. So, can you guys just stop the bus? We'll pay the fare and we'll just get off the bus, right? Mm-hmm. And the the dudes in the back, the scum of the earth, they were just like, "What's a nice couple like you doing that at this time?" And it's like fucking eight thirty, by the way. So I don't know what he's talking about. And they're like, "What are you doing? Are you guys married? You're not married, but you guys are out together. Oh, so you guys are dating? Oh." are your parents okay with this? That's kind of nasty. And they're just like constantly making these like just nasty ass remarks to the couple, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when... The driver says that his brother had switched off the light in the back of the bus and an argument ensued because the friend of Jody was like, hey, just stop the bus. Like, we're going to get off the bus. Like, you can take our money for the fare. Like, just get us off the fucking bus. Right. Mm -hmm. So the five guys in the back, they jump the friend and they beat him with a metal rod, drag his unconscious body to the back. And that's when they go towards Jody. So Jody, she is screaming for help. And the driver kept driving around with no destination in mind, sometimes just doing loops on the streets he did not stop meanwhile the five guys in the back they proceeded to hit jodi with the metal rod they dragged her to the back area of the bus and all of them took turns raping her after all of them took turns raping her which every single second of this assault she was not unconscious she was alive she was she knew everything that was happening and we have evidence of this later on she felt everything she saw everything she experienced everything and once all of that was done they penetrated her with a rusty metal rod and this must rusty metal rod would actually doctors say caused a lot of internal genital and uterus damage because i mean it's like imagine just like a metal rod And then it gets crazier. The 17-year-old Muhammad stuck his hand inside of her and pulled out something long and stringy. We later find out that it was her intestines. So he disemboweled her in the back of the bus. He disembowels her. And then he turns to the driver and says, she's dead. Throw her out. Quickly, so first they try opening the back door, but it didn't open. So they dragged her to the front, along with her friend, and they threw her out on the side of the road. Like they just like stopped in the side of the road, and it was a pretty busy road, and just threw her out onto the street of a busy road. There was literally a hotel right across the street. So they throw her and her friend, they were, ha- they were pretty much naked. Like Some reports say that they were like partially clothed, but um, a lot of witnesses who saw them later they were like, oh, they were fucking naked. Right? So the driver said that all he did was drive the bus, but the other men state that they took over so that the driver could rape her too. So the driver to the last breath that he had, he was like, I never raped her. All I did was drive the bus. Have you ever heard of like bank robberies the driver is still fully at fault okay like you can't just be like all i did was drive the car no i firmly believe that he did go to the back to rape her because that's how scum he is but that's just my opinion so after they drive away after disposing of the two people they start talking wait where's their stuff where's their stuff right and the driver's like oh in the front seat their stuff's in the front seat and they just go through their stuff and they start putting on their jackets wearing their watches like whatever they liked from their stuff they just like put it on they're like oh i want to keep this what like no fear first of all no shame but second of all no fear like you shouldn't your main thing be like how do i dispose of this so i don't get caught like oh my god my fingerprints right so they
0: think the woman is dead
1: yeah they just like threw her on the street went on with their life and the juvenile would even tell everyone hey don't worry about her intestines like i got rid of the dna because um i had pulled out her intestines and cut a piece of it off i wrapped it up in a cloth and i threw it out of the bus so don't worry guys And all the guys were like, okay, (laughs) I'm so annoyed. So they all go back home and they're like, okay, first of all, we got to make some promises. Number one, we're never going to talk about this again because that was crazy. That's how I think dumb people talk, by the way. And also if the police ever come around, we're never going to give up each other's names, which Uh isn't going to last very long because they're dumb. Inside the bus, there was blood everywhere. There was blood on the seats, the floor, just everywhere. And they had to clean all of it. So they started cleaning up all of the evidence a lot of blood. At around 11 p.m., a passerby noticed that there were two victims inside of a bush off the main street, and he was just like, what? (laughs) So he sees a boy and a girl laying there, like pretty much completely naked. He freaks out. He goes to the hotel across the street, gets them sheets and a bottle of water. So he rips up the hotel sheet, like the bed sheet, gives half to the girl and gives half to the boy, and they cover themselves up. And at this point, he said about 30 to 35 men had gathered and none of them tried to help. He even asked, please, someone help. Someone call the police, someone help me get them out of the bush. Nobody helped.
0: And they're all men.
1: Yes, they all stood there and watched. Nobody stepped forward. Finally finally an ambulance was called and came and they were taken to the hospital so at this point her parents were freaking out because they were like oh she was supposed to be home by now we knew exactly what time her movie was like why isn't she home she's not picking up her phone this is so unlike her then they finally get a call from the hospital and at first the first phone call that they got was like oh your daughter's been in an accident please come to the hospital and then the second call that they got was like oh no one's told you she's been raped so at the hospital jody was alive And she was bleeding profusely from her vagina. She was incredibly scared. She was fully conscious. She was sobbing. And the doctor says that Jody was not sobbing from the physical pain. Let's get that straight, okay? She was describing every clear detail of the assault. She remembered every slap on the face, every kick in the stomach. She had intense bleeding bite marks all over her face, lips, and her limbs. The surgeon said that I have been practicing for over 20 years and I've never come across a case like this. The system by which the human body functions is all gone. Like we don't even really know where to start or how to fix her. The surgeon also tells the parents that, um, maybe two, three hours, maybe max two, three days. We don't think she's going to make it long. Like she had intense internal injuries. They just didn't even know how to fix her. The doctors were like, it's very hard to believe that she's even alive right now. So the parents see Jodi and she immediately starts crying. And her mom's trying to tell her like, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. So within 24 hours, I mean, just chaos erupted. Not just regular chaos, just Full-on fucking chaos, okay? So within the first 24 hours, let's talk about the suspects. They were able to identify the bus because they were looking for all of the hotels in the area that she had been dropped off, like disposed of on the side of the road. And one of them had a camera pointing towards the road. So they're stunning all these buses because she was like, it's a bus. It's a bus, right? And they see one bus stop at that location but not only did they stop but like 10 minutes earlier they had driven the same road which is a really odd thing to do like why are you driving in circles so they were like let's identify that particular bus first so they identify the bus they find it on the side of the road somewhere and there's two people inside it was the driver and his brother and they immediately jump out of the bus and they start running away so the police impound the bus they arrest the two and they start confessing and just like naming the fellow buses they're just like oh and then he was involved and then he was involved and then he was involved so like their little cute little promises yeah it didn't last because they're a bunch of fucking cowards okay so they're like oh yeah and then my friend oh and then this one and then this one we were all there so this is the first time in um delhi history that they actually used dental forensics to identify one of the accused with the bite marks on the victim it was like a perfect match So like his teeth and then the bite marks on Jody. Now, meanwhile, that this was taking place, the protest, it was almost immediate. The minute that people had found out about this, this was probably the craziest protest in India at the time. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, a lot of people were fucking sick of it at this point. So every 15 minutes, a woman in India gets raped and most of the time it's not even reported. So it could be much, much higher than that. Right. And immediately to the streets, there was just hundreds and thousands of people. So a lot of people who studied Indian history, um, they were trying to say that the cultural impact on this was a little bit different because, first of all, it was in a capital city, um, Delhi, and then it happened around 8 p.m., which is not necessarily late at all by any means. It was a young boy and a girl returning home from the movies. So this is all normal activity. So there was not one single soul in India who could say, well, then maybe she shouldn't have been going to the bar, you know? Like there was really nothing anyone could say Like okay first of all I don't agree with that statement But anyone even with those misogynistic views Couldn't even say that mm-hmm. Because it's literally normal human behavior so But they're the like, bus driver the said it Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's a fucking... We'll get into it. And so most people, they were just like, what? This is such a normal situation. That doesn't make any sense. So there was no argument by anyone. A lot of men came out as well to protest, but it was a lot of women who were just sick and tired of it. This was a wake-up call for them. They were like, no. Like, what are you talking about? So up until this point, I think that there was a little bit of stigma from what I could read on, like, Reddit and, like, research articles. A lot of people were saying, up until this point... People were saying, like it was so brainwashed into a lot of girls that if they hear about a gang rape, they're like, okay, well now we can't go out at this time, you know. If Mm -hmm. they hear about this, they're like, oh shit, okay, like that that area of town is bad. We shouldn't go there, right? Yeah. But now it was like a medical student who's twenty three went to go watch Life of Pi. going home at 8 p.m. like it was like nobody's safe
0: exactly
1: nobody's safe like even if you like parents try to tell you oh it's don't go at that time don't wear this like it's like no nobody's safe what are you talking about and so it was just a huge wake-up call um they had some crazy signs which made me tear up so much so a lot of people were holding signs that said don't teach me what to wear teach your sons not to rape was a lot of signs that said you know like am i safe Like a lot of women were demanding to know, am I safe? Like, how do I know if I'm safe? And it's crazy because the protests took place everywhere. Obviously, it was heavily present in India. But I mean, just in a lot of areas in South Asia, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Paris even had a huge march where they marched to the Indian embassy in Paris. I'm, like, getting emotional. And um, there was this one woman who was holding a sign that said, women, take back your city. And the police hated that. Like, why? I don't even know why someone would be offended by that. Like, no one is saying, women, let's go shoot up all the men. Like, no one's saying that. It's just, like, women, we deserve a place in this city. We are strong. We are powerful, you know? But the police fucking hated that sign. So they immediately stopped her. And I don't know if this was the catalyst, but it seemed to be one of the many things. This was after multiple days of protests. The police just decided, yeah, we're not going to fucking do this anymore. And they just started throwing tear gas. They started just fucking up the crowds. And this was a peaceful march for multiple days straight. But finally, the police were like, nah, I'm, I'm sick of it like i don't i don't get paid enough for this so they just started fucking arresting them throwing women into vans that were just like what are these vans like what are you doing what what is happening they're literally following the law they're not trying to do anything but you're throwing them into vans it just got really 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 ugly very quickly and it was a completely peaceful protest but the police turned it into a war zone and a lot of people said that this was a historical reason. And honestly, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I just keep thinking about the Black Lives Matter protests because that I believe was also historical because this was the first time where a lot of young people got involved in India as well. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it for a political party. They weren't saying hey, I love this politician. So they, they told us to march. Mm-hmm. You know, It wasn't because one leader brought them together and was like, we're going to do this on this day. It was a bunch mm-hmm. of young people who were like I'm fucking sick of this. Yeah. So 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 they went out onto the streets and they made such a huge impact day by day. It was so intense that it forced the Indian government into setting up a committee called the Verma Report, which was a judicial community or judicial committee who was literally just in charge of how to deal with the problem of rape in India. Like that was all they were to do. So there were expert judges put on the case. They went through 80,000 suggestions from the public on how to better the situation in India. And they made a number of important changes First of all, things need to happen faster in the judicial system. Like, it's way too slow. If a sexual assault victim is waiting six years for her case to be closed, fucking too long, dude. Like, what are you doing? Okay, we need to speed this shit up. The definition of sexual assault needs to be more broad. We can't just say, oh, it has to be penetration done this way, right? Like, no. The language of modesty and shame needs to be removed from the judicial code of India. Like, not even from the mouths of judges and prosecutors, but from the penal code. You know, like, take that shit out. Like, why is the word modesty in there in the first place or shame? Like, get it out of there. Um, there was also even more things that they had to worry about because there's usually, um, strong indicators of women being tr- treated horrendously in certain countries. Okay. I just don't want to be that American. That's like, in America, we don't have that culture because I firmly believe women everywhere are in danger a lot of the times, right? Is what I was trying to say. But, In certain countries, you can tell by certain crimes. So in India, there was a high incidence of domestic beatings, but also high incidences of acid attacks done by males to females, which is pouring acid onto someone's face. So they will become disfigured, deformed. They will sometimes lose their eyesight. Their skin will fall off. And so these are usually very sexist crimes. Mm -hmm. These are not just, oh, like crimes of passion, like fucking murderous people out there. These are very, very sexist crimes. So they were trying to address those as well now what's even crazy is that the police had the nerve to go out to the public and say "Ah, this is a safe capital it's as safe as any other capital in any other developed country and then people were looking at him so then he changes his wording and he's like safe in a in a general sense and then he goes even safe for women and it's just like that is not good enough like what are you saying that is not good enough Like, what are you talking about? Like, it almost made it seem like you're not going to make any changes because you're just as safe as any other capital in any other developed country. It's like that that's not an excuse. Okay. I'm going to tell you about something that really might help you out right now is the time of low interest rates. And if you guys have student loans, this is the perfect time to refinance them because the interest rates are kind of crazy right now. I can't believe I'm talking about finance, but like wow! <laughs> listen, this is something that my fiance can rape about. Times are tough and worrying about that student loan payments doesn't really make things easier. That's why refinancing with earnest could help say goodbye to stressful student loan payments and take charge of your future with earnest. So earnest offers low rate student loan, refinancing and you can check your rate risk-free in just two minutes
0: anybody who has it should at least try it yeah like you just
1: check it and it it lowers your interest rate then you know, literally save money yeah with earnest you get radically flexible payments and you can pick your own loan term which is amazing by refinancing you can reduce your loan term save money or combine multiple loans into a simple monthly payment because why should you have to care about like five different loans and if you have questions you can even talk to a real life human at earnest for help which is like my favorite thing Ernest is offering you guys a hundred dollar cash bonus so refinance your student debt at earnest.com slash rotten once again that's a hundred dollar cash bonus when you visit earnest.com slash rotten to refinance your student loan
0: turns and conditions apply
1: so jody at this point she gets rushed to mount elizabeth hospital in singapore now there was a lot of controversy about this because she actually collapsed on the way there in the helicopter or the airplane or whatever she was in because she wasn't fit to be moved. A lot of people think that this was like a political thing that was happening. Like she was literally being moved for politicians to like make a stance and shit. Like it really wasn't for Jody. So there was a lot of anger towards that. But to be fair, it is one of the best hospitals in the world for trauma management and organ transplants. So she was awaiting a transplant, but it would still happen in like three weeks' time. That's again why people were like, why didn't you just wait till she was a little bit stronger? You know, it doesn't make any sense. So she was in a lot of pain. She she barely could talk. Her parents were by her side the whole time, but they said that it was devastating for them because they're right next to her. Yeah, but they're so helpless. Like, what, what do we do? And her mom still thinks about that to this day, which is like, you just want to help, but you can't. You literally can't do anything. And her last words, Jody's last words to her mom was, sorry, mommy, I gave you so much trouble. I'm sorry. And then December 29th of 2012, she passed away from her injuries.
0: How many days is that?
1: Um, from the 16th to the 29th. So, I mean, this this rape was so brutal. There really wasn't much that people could understand. And there was a lot of talks about why this one, because it wasn't uncommon for gang rapes to happen in India. So why is this one becoming such a crazy movement not saying it shouldn't be but why right She was gang raped by six people she was raped with a rusted iron rod and they disemboweled her like i don't think there's not one person misogynist shit asshole or not that's like oh that's normal human behavior like it just it was so hard for even the nastiest most misogynistic pieces of shit to understand this Mm-hmm. like it just made it so hard. And um that's when the juvenile came forward and he said, "Well, I didn't disembowel her on purpose." So here's what I did. So Mohammed, the 17 year old who disemboweled her, he said, I didn't do that. So what I tried to do was I wanted to put in a piece of cloth inside of there with a screwdriver because I needed to get rid of our DNA evidence. You know, the cloth would soak up the DNA evidence. I would take it out. So I shoved the screwdriver inside her vagina and then the cloth got left behind in there. So I was like, oh, damn it. So I put my hand in there to get the cloth. But instead, I grabbed her intestines and pulled them out of her body. That's what He said he's 17 and he's free now i don't even want to know what kind of crimes he's committing i don't i i don't i mean i believe in rehabilitation of prisoners but not this type okay so the defense of all of these men right so six men are six scums are arrested Now, a lot of people are asking, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, a lot of them were even getting beat up in prisons by other men. So they're just like, what the fuck? Really, dude? Like, what is wrong with you? And they all said, we did not want to kill her or even hurt her. We just wanted to teach her a lesson because she was out late at night with someone who wasn't her boyfriend, her brother or her dad. What the fuck? No, someone who wasn't her brother, husband or dad, like a boyfriend. So they just wanted to teach her a lesson, which is crazy because did you know most gang rapes is a cultural thing where um, people want to teach women a lesson?
0: That's the reason.
1: So gang rapes happen because um, a lot of boys will get together and they want to either teach someone a lesson or it's like society pressure to be a man. Yeah. Which wow. I'm like, okay, for your for fucking green pea brains, like, what are you? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Are you a fucking worm? Like who thinks like that? They also believed that she was alive, like when they disposed of her. They thought that because they had left both of them naked on the side of the road, they would be so shameful of what had happened that they wouldn't tell anyone about the rape, that they wouldn't report it to the police because they were left naked on the side of the road. Now, here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. The logic stands. At first, I was like, okay, these fuckers are not only crazy, but they're stupid because like, if I w- that was me, I would report it to the police. What are you talking about? Why would I not report it? Why would I not talk about it every single day? day until those fuckers get caught right but there's actually a culture of shame around rape in india it's so bad to the point where to be raped was worse than to be dead in india so there was a politician who even stated to the nation rape victims should just die in the incident because if she lives she will just be a walking corpse because Who nobody say that? a politician because nobody treats rape victims as survivors they treat them as if they are just as dirty as the rapist which is crazy if not dirtier than the rapist in certain situations because it's like well you must have like been doing some shit well you must have been wearing some shit well you must have asked for it well you must have been this and the boy said She just shouldn't have fought back then. So they find out that she was dead, okay? They find out that she had passed. And the boy said, she shouldn't have fought back then. We would have just dropped her off after doing her. We wouldn't have hit her. All we did was hit the boy. So they were saying if she didn't fight back during her assault, they wouldn't have beat her like they did. And they would have just dropped her off after doing her. That was their direct quote, after doing her. So in prison... One of them immediately accepts guilt and he's like, I should be hanged. And everyone's like, "Okay, cool. We agree. Like nobody asked. It's not really up to you. And then another one was badly assaulted by the other inmates and was kept in solitary confinement afterwards. And then Ram, the driver's brother, who is kind of like the lead guy in all of this. He's the one that turned off the lights. He's the one that allegedly instigated everything. He was found hanging from a cell that he shared with three other inmates. Uh, The authorities said it's inconclusive whether it was suicide or murder. Let's talk about the juveniles case. So the juveniles case came first and his name is Muhammad Afraz and they tried to try him as an adult due to the brutal nature of the crime, but it was rejected. He was actually found to be 17 years old in like three months at the time that this took place. So I'm just saying, what? Try him as an adult? I don't understand. So he was convicted of rape and murder under the Juvenile Justice Act and given a maximum sentence of three years in a reform house. Not a prison, not a facility, a reform house and the eight months he spent during the time before the trial was considered time served he was officially released december 20th of 2015 so he's free he was given a new life a new identity he learned cooking and tailoring while he was in the reform house and the government granted him like 150 dollars to initially support him in like getting his own sewing machine and shit
0: What is this? A fucking boarding school? Yeah. What is this?
1: So the parents were really mad. So Jody's mom was quoted with saying, if Indian law thinks it's right to marry a girl at the age of 12 or 13, then a 15 or 16 year old boy who rapes or harms a girl, why can they not be punished?
0: That is so good. Yeah. That is so accurate.
1: Because like, why? (laughs) I don't understand. So then the adults trial came around. So Ram's dead. Now it's just four adults, right? Um, The defense was that the male friend was wholly responsible for the incident. Jody's friend that was on the bus. That they beat him till he was unconscious with a metal rod. By the way, he survived. He had some injuries, but he survived. They said that it's all his fault. It's not us, the rapist's fault or the murderer's fault. It's his fault because he failed his duty to protect the woman. What Uh, the fuck is... I don't understand the logic And the fact that this is happening Like 2012 But what, like, I
0: feel like there's not Even a single gram of
1: Remorse Yeah No like, there's not he,
0: they, They're they And the thing is Everything they say It sounds like they truly believe it Yeah They're oh. like Oh it's her fault It's his fault yeah. it's She shouldn't have done this She shouldn't have five back She shouldn't have done the, mm-hmm. Like there's not even a single gram of Yeah I'm a shitty human Like they yeah. And they believe that
1: Mm-hmm or there's not even like a, like a little more shame, like less shameful way. Like, what if you could have been like, well, we see this a lot, especially in that I keep thinking about the Chodusun case where they're like, we were drunk. Like that excuse. They don't even try that. They're just like, it's not our fault. It's their fault that they got raped. Like, I'm like, what? You don't, you're not even going to, not saying that that excuses something, but you're not even going to attempt something a little bit more, I don't know, yeah. not so scummy Like you're not even going to attempt. I'm so sorry. I was just so drunk and I blacked out and I did it like, okay, that nobody's going to accept it. We still think you're scum of the earth and you deserve severe punishment. But it's a little more like, oh, really? You're going to do that one right now. But like this one is just like, what? What?
0: It's almost like everything he's, they're saying Just trying to make people more angry
1: Yeah And they also claim that all of their confessions Was coerced by the police department And it's not actually them who did it Which is really odd Because like at one point you're like It's their fault for getting raped We didn't rape them <laughs> what What are you talking about let me tell you about the defense attorney for the rapist this attorney is going to make you want to scratch your eyeballs out if you guys watch India's daughter you're gonna want to punch her I have never researched a case where I was so close to throwing my computer at a wall and I am not that violent of a person I have like I'm not one of those people who get so caught up in emotions and I like throw my phone across the room but this made me want to throw my entire computer out the window like just throw the whole man's away okay he He said, the moment that she came out of her house with a boy who was neither her husband nor her brother or her dad, she left her morality and reputation as a doctor, as well as a little girl's morality still in the house. She came out a woman, which is like people were like, what does that mean? So fine, she's a woman. So just like women get raped. Like, what are you saying? He said, a female is just like a flower. It gives a good-looking, very softness performance, pleasant. But on the other hand, a man is a thorn, strong, just tough enough. The flower always needs protection. If you put the flower in a gutter, it will be spoiled. If you put the flower in a temple, it will be worshipped.
0: There's like so many fucked-up logic and thinking in yeah. that statements. It's unreal.
1: Yeah. I like I yeah.
0: I'm fucking real, and he feel it sounds like he feels like he say something really genius.
1: Uh huh. Oh, this is his words, right? The evil attorney. The girl was with some unknown boy who took her on a date. In our society, we will never allow our girls to come out from the house after six thirty or seven thirty or oh my god, eight thirty in the evening with an unknown person. It was an unknown person, you idiot. The unknown people were the people on the bus. What are you talking about? It is very important, very necessary she go outside. Then she should go outside with family members like her uncle, her father, her mother, grandfather, grandmother. She should not go out in night hours with her boyfriend.
0: Why is she, Why is he victim shaming? I don't get it. Like, what does that?
1: that I guess that was like the whole defense.
0: That helps the case of. The rapist? I have yeah, I so zero I think, connection here.
1: I think he was hoping that the jury would agree with him. Like they would also be fucking scum of the earth. And they would be like, yeah, it's kind of our fault for going out. But like everyone in India was like, Shh, we want you to be hung too." just saying. Yeah. Yeah. So he also said you are talking about friends with men and women. Sorry, that doesn't have any place in our society. A woman means I immediately put sex in his eyes. We have the best culture. In our culture, there is no... No place for a woman he literally said that he literally and i was like sir do you know what the fuck you're saying or is this like a language barrier because like if you knew what the fuck you're saying then you sound like the dumbest person and like he said it with his full chest he people said it don't with his agree full right chest. no okay. i mean okay there are scum of the earth who do agree but like I would say majority of people anywhere in the world, India or not, don't agree and they think he's scum. But like it's frightening that there are, you know, a small select group of men who are like, yeah. Yeah. So March 2014, um, they were found, each one of them found guilty of rape, murder, unnatural offenses, destruction of evidence, and they were all sentenced to death via hanging. So they all appealed with the Supreme Court. In 2017, the Supreme Court rejected the appeal and they said that they committed a barbaric crime that had shaken society's conscience. And then finally, in January of 2020, all of them sent a mercy plea to the president of India and said, please don't let them hang us. Ah, yeah. And the Indian law at that point, they were just like, now you're going to get hanged. So the president rejected it. So Indian law started making some changes. So rape became a capital offense which meant that, you know, you could definitely die if you rape someone. And then an Indian politician, his name is Malayan Singh Yadav. I think it's important to note this. He said, boys will be boys. Boys will commit mistakes. And he got roasted after he said that shit. He got lit aflame by international politicians. Um, A lot of politicians, including a South Korean politician, came out and said, we need to drop the word or the phrasing, boys will be boys. Any crime against a woman is not tolerated. Like, what is boys will be boys?
0: Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. The
1: audacity. And then um, the UN Women's Division, they called on the government of India and Delhi to do everything in their power to take up radical reforms, ensure justice and reach out with the robust public services to make women's lives more safe and secure and the US State Department. So they have like these awards and they gave the International Women of Courage Awards to Jodi posthumously. I always say that word wrong. So after death. Now, at this time, female tourism in Delhi or across India had fallen by like 35 percent. The foreign office of the United Kingdom even modified its travel advice and told women not to travel alone to India. And in 2014, the finance minister of India said, (sighs) "Okay, I get what he was saying, but the phrasing, wow, really bad.
0: What department?
1: The finance minister said one small incident of rape in Delhi, one small incident of rape in Delhi advertised to the world is enough to cost us billions of dollars in terms of lowering tourism. Okay, like I understand what you're saying. It's like kind of shitty when like a country internationally is known just for like one shitty thing that happened. But it's also like, you know, a lot of people were saying it's not just one time, it's a lot of times. But also maybe focus on fixing it instead of being like one small incident of rape.
0: You're talking about women's lives getting raped versus you know tourism yeah. money like come like your priority is a little too yeah. <laughs> messed up here. Yeah. you know focus on fixing the country and- it's
1: like two birds with one stone fix that tourism will be fixed you know, like people will be happier, women will so be So what safer. is he saying?
0: He's saying he what? was
1: just saying like, it's just one small incident of rape. But now internationally, we're just known as like this crazy rape country, essentially, which I do know a lot of people were upset about because um, the way that I see it is, again, why I kept was trying to be a little bit cautious in this video is... A lot of the times, us Americans specifically, we love doing this shit. We love having the same problems in our own country, but we ignore the shit out of it and then act like we're like the only first world country out there. And then other countries do it. And we're like, oh my God, culture <laughs> differences. Oh my God. But in reality, um, like, One in three women are in severe danger in America. I believe like close to 18 million women in America have been raped. So it's just kind of like, I don't know why we act like we're like, oh my God, come here, we're safe. Like, no. So that's I think that's where their anger was coming from, which I agree with, but not really, because like one small incident of rape. Like, I'm sorry, that quote is just stressing me out right now. Like, I can't get over it. Like, really? What? So at this point, they also passed the juvenile justice bill saying that anyone above 16 years old will now be treated as an adult in the court of law with such brutal crimes, especially rape. And when they told the rapist before they were hanged, they told the rapist about how the death penalty will take place. You know, if people are caught guilty of raping people Mm -hmm. and the bus driver, the scum of the earth rapist said the death penalty will just make it worse for the girls because they won't leave her like we did. They'll just kill her now. So before, before the death penalty and capital punishment, we would just say, leave her. She won't tell anyone because she's ashamed.
0: I can't fucking stand these people. Now
1: they'll just kill the girl. Death. That's what he said. He's getting so mad and I wish I was mad, but I was so mad for like five days straight and now I'm trying to eat my chocolate cake. Like I'm so mad, but like this is his first time hearing it. So he's dying. Okay, so March 20th, 2020. So this year, a couple months ago, they were all executed by hanging. They refused their last meal. They refused new clothes prior to the execution. They were blindfolded and... Um, Three of them didn't resist One of them, Vinay He had a breakdown And was like pleading with the guards To not hang him But they were like, nah So they hung him And they were all declared dead After 30 minutes Other than the juvenile All of them are dead The adults are all dead How's the juvenile? He's free Um, Last I could find of him He was working as like a cook somewhere With like a new identity Very scary And you would think that Okay, well this This is a landmark case, you know This is a case that set the whole world on fire. But then on the two-year anniversary of Jodi's case, December of 2014, an Uber driver raped a woman in the car in India. And it was a pretty brutal rape. And what the parents of Jodi had to say is, nothing in India has changed since December 16th of 2012. All promises and statements made by our leaders and ministers have turned out to be shallow. Our suffering just gives them a moment in the limelight. The parents also stated, whenever there's a crime, the girl is blamed. She should not go out. She shouldn't roam around so late or wear those clothes. It's the boys who should be accused and asked why they do this. They shouldn't do this. And so with the Indian penal code saying that the victim's name can be withheld, right? The dad said to the British press, I want the world to know her name. My daughter didn't do anything wrong. She died while protecting herself. I'm proud of her. Revealing her name will give courage to other women who have survived these attacks. They will find strength from my daughter. So Jody's friend, um, they asked if they wanted to make a statement. And one of her friends said, you know, it's the law is going to punish these rapists and they must do it or else the rapists will become fearless. But if one monster is removed, does society change? No, the people of this society and their mindset need to change. So some ending words from her parents. Our daughter's name is Jodi. We have no problem in revealing her name. In fact, we are happy to reveal it. She has become a symbol. In death, she has lit such a torch that not only this country, but the whole world got lit up. But at the same time, she posed a question. What is the meaning of a woman? And how is she looked upon society today? And what's crazy is globally One in three women are beaten, forced into sex, or abused. One in three women globally. So it's not just India's problem. It's kind of everywhere. It's everyone's problem. So that is the story of Jodi, India's daughter, and Mary Vincent.
0: They call her India's daughter? Daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Wow.
1: This one was fucked up. i'm like having a rush of emotions at the end
0: i see why you say this is more worse than some of these serial killers
1: i know like i hate i don't want to be someone who categorizes crimes i think it's really toxic to be like let's list the serial killers in terms of how crazy they are but it's so much
0: because it's yeah and you know serial killer you look at it it's individuals this does sound like a big societal yeah issue it's just so big it's just so sad
1: it's like a it's not one person it's like a mindset of a lot of people yeah and these people are everywhere and these people are at your grocery store they're literally everywhere and that is why it is so hard to be a woman sometimes i'm gonna go cry and eat my fucking chocolate cake okay (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode it was so dark i'm sorry i just felt like it needed to get out there you guys have been requesting this case for a really long time and i just wanted to talk about it let me know what are your thoughts on this one and i hope you guys enjoyed and i'll see you guys next week bye
0: bye